0: You're listening to The MJOY Podcast, where we talk to experts about everything you need to know on sex, self-love, and wellness. The MJOY Podcast is presented by MJOY, the audio guide for intimate wellness with guided practices to explore your body and regain confidence in your sex life. Uh, Welcome, everyone, to The MJOY Podcast. Today, I have a very special uh, very special guest, Chelsea Bree Blackburn. Yay, that went well. We were doubting whether I was going to be able to pronounce her name in one swipe. And now I ruined it with this uh, post introduction, <laughs> but I did. I um, mean, you can find it like at Chelsea Brie with three A's on Instagram and also um, in her podcast, the Endo Babe podcast, which is wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today we're gonna talk about a lot of different aspects of endometriosis because Chelsea is a mindset coach for women with endo um, and she helps them find purpose, be happy and live well with their condition despite their pain. Thank you so much for being here Chelsea and for collaborating with the app with your collection on endo which launched last week and has new sessions being launched all the way into March actually.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited for the collaboration. It's just been a wonderful, wonderful thing. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you.
0: (laughs) No, thank you so much. It's actually, I heard all the sessions and they're amazing. I am personally um, not affected by Endo, but someone and a lot, well, a couple of people I really care about are. And I think I, I I immediately shared it with them because I thought it was so interesting and so useful. Um, So let's just get to the questions now because I'm sure we have a lot to talk about. Um, Well, Every woman with endometriosis has a journey, you know, to, to their diagnosis. It's rarely a very straightforward or quick one. And I actually read it takes on average a bit of over seven years from the onset of the symptoms to the point where they actually get a diagnosis. So what was your journey like? What were your first thoughts when you got it?
1: Yeah, so I was diagnosed when I was 21 um, and that was after about six to or five to six years of debilitating pain, missing school, lying on the bathroom floor, passing out (laughs) in the airport when I'm driving, almost passing out, just like this all over abdomen pain. And it took so long personally for me, right? Because I didn't have pain that was correlated to my period or anything like that. I had all over abdomen pain that would make me almost pass out. Um, and I finally found a doctor after going to the ER, Every other week for like three years, wow. um, I found a doctor who was like, "Oh, maybe you have endometriosis. Let's do an exploratory surgery." And he did the exploratory surgery, and I had endometriosis, right? And I just remember being so angry and mad at my body, mad because I was twenty-one and I had just moved to Denver, Colorado, and I couldn't even enjoy my life or knew the new city that I was living in, right? And it took a lot of. A lot of mindset work and learning about my body and learning what works for my unique endometriosis to get where I am right now, where I'm helping other women do the same, right? My perception has changed on just life in general, right? And that's basically what I help women with is finding purpose beyond their pain because, the surgeries and the medications, and there's so many different things that you can do to mitigate and minimize the symptoms and try to manage and live well with endo, but sometimes you're still going to have a little bit of pain, right? And so it's about learning how to live with that pain, right? And still enjoy your life.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's, and and you were 21, so you started to feel the pain at a very, very young age. Yeah. Um, and why do you think in your experience working and coaching women with endo, um, what have you noticed are the most common obstacles or the most common reasons why the diagnosis usually takes so long?
1: Yeah, so it takes about seven to 10 years on average. And I I mean, personally, I believe it's because of the lack of education in our medical system, right? The, there hasn't been a lot of research on endometriosis in general. Most of it's taking place right now. And there's an average of 17 years between when research actually happens and when it's implemented into medical practice, right? So most of the doctors that are learning about endometriosis in medical school right now get like a 30 minute PowerPoint that says, you know, hormonal medications and ablation coagulation surgery, which is the wrong type of surgery, right? And we're learning now that there's so many different like presentations of endometriosis. There's so many different symptoms. It's not a hormonal disease. It's an inflammatory illness. And that's just not, it's not in the medical practice yet. And so most of us have to be our own advocates and push and push and push and keep finding new doctors and taking like somebody who's going to take us seriously. Right. And so and I think, it, yeah, I'm oh, sorry. You
0: go.
1: I was just going to say, I think that's really the most common obstacle and reason why it takes so long. Ooh, also, um, I've talked to so many women who've gone on like, who've had the surgery by a regular OBGYN and not an endometriosis specialist. And that OBGYN said that they didn't have endometriosis because they have like microscopic clear lesions that that doctor wasn't trained to visualize. Right. And so then they continue to have pain, continue to fight. They finally get in with an endometriosis specialist and they'll have the surgery and they have like stage four endometriosis, you know, and it just, I guess the training isn't there in our medical system.
0: Yeah, and it's also, that's why it's so important to talk about it, right? Because we usually, we rely on the medical professionals. So what happens when we can't, as in this situation, we have to sort of, we have to train ourselves to be be able to, to advocate for ourselves and to fight and to say, hey, I think this is what could be. And it's kind of unfair that, the responsibility falls in the person who's being affected, but hopefully with people like you and by communicating this, we'll be able to like maybe shorten the time at some point fairly soon.
1: Hopefully. Yeah, I agree. And I think, oh no, mind, you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Um, well, um, it's also a lot more common that, than we think, because I, it will affect about one in 10 women over their rep- reproductive years. And it's one of those things that we, we do hear about somewhat, but mostly in terms of, oh, it gives you really bad cramps or you may it may be difficult for you to get pregnant, maybe. And we don't learn more about it until it's us or it's someone that we care about that is affected. Um, so seeing as there's only so much we we hear about in our day-to-day lives and that actually make contribute as we said to not expecting that that's the problem or that we even think that there might be something wrong. are there any or what do you think are the symptoms that people don't usually associate with endo because they're not in the mainstream narrative around it that they should maybe be aware of just in case
1: yeah hundred percent I think so the statistic it's like one in ten women with endometriosis have or women have endometriosis, but that doesn't include like the trans and non-binary communities that haven't been studied yet. Um, and so that percentage is actually probably closer to like one in five. So most of the time, almost everybody, you know, somebody that has endometriosis and like, I was just talking about the research is coming out, right. Or like my story, I had GI issues and that's one of the most common symptoms, Endometriosis that isn't really correlated, you know, if it's not near your period, they're like, Oh, it couldn't be endo, but mine wasn't near my period, you know. And I think that's like one of the leading symptoms of endo. And most women with endometriosis get diagnosed with IBS before they get diagnosed with endometriosis or falsely diagnosed with celiac disease. I know that happens in Canada a lot. but yeah, so GI issues are definitely a common symptom. So if you're having any kind of GI issues, any kind of pain that's not correlated to your period, that isn't relieved by ibuprofen, it's a possibility that you have endometriosis, right?
0: Wow, I, also, I have no idea. Oh, yeah. That's so interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's um, a lot of information just happening now and coming out now. So I mean, we're kind of in like the, the edge of like the Research era, I guess I don't I don't know what to call it. Um, But yeah, so GI issues are huge. Nerve pain is really big. So like low back pain, leg pain, like vulva rectum pain, any kind anything like that is also another telltale sign that you might have endometriosis. Um, One of the dietitians that I work with, so she, because there is such an overlap with like GI issues and IBS, she has um, she works with endometriosis patients like specifically, right? But she says that the way to tell if it's IBS or endo is that these patients will come in with that low back pain. She was like, IBS doesn't cause low back pain. Endometriosis does. So that's also just like something to know.
0: That's also so useful to know because I don't think you wonder ever, or you, maybe you describe it to your doctor as low back pain and wow, wow, this is so useful and so amazing. Um, now let's talk endo and sex lives. Yeah, uh, particularly of course the sex life of people who live <laughs> with endo. Um, how does it manifest in our sexuality and in our ability to enjoy it?
1: Yeah, so it's so different for every person that has endometriosis, right? Some women, some people experience a ton of pain with penetration, with after orgasm, after. Um, some have no pain at all. Sometimes it's only during a certain time of the month. Sometimes it's correlated to like ovulation you know it just it's so different for everybody but I think that it manifests in our sexuality and our ability to enjoy it the most with like the stigma and the shame and the guilt that we have because we want to enjoy our sex lives but it causes us pain and so it's kind of this like well what do I do you know and like how do I express this to my partner how do I tell somebody that like what I like and oh this hurts when we're new you know there's so many little like intricate layers that go into it but I think like so often like we're so much in our heads because we're and we're disconnected from our bodies which can reduce our ability to experience pleasure in general you know and so like really learning to connect to your body and obviously like building trust and like communicating with your partner can help with all of that you know
0: Yeah, and I'd ask if you have any advice on how to deal with it, but you actually discussed this particular issue quite extensively on a couple of the sessions in your collection. Um, So let's leave something to the imagination on this one. (laughs) Um, And what's one thing about endo that people are usually surprised to learn because we don't get this information? Is there anything that when people find find out, just like I went, wow, with the with the uh, with the bi issues i mean is there anything else that makes people go like when they figure it out
1: yeah so i think most commonly what i'm running into now is like people learning that the end- endometriosis is not the same tissue as the endometrium so the endometrium is like the inner lining of your uterus and there's been like prior theories that endometriosis is caused by retrograde menstruation and so those the endometriosis tissues, the same as that tissue that lines the uterus, but it's actually histologically different. What that means is that it's different at a cellular level. Um, so it's not the same, which is, I always, I, people seem to find that the most interesting recently. And I think it's because most of the research again is coming out right now, you know?
0: Yeah. And because of the name, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <I> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things. And how about, um, like, uh Uh, sort of like good thing is there anything that women who are diagnosed like are very afraid of or very sad about or worried about at first that is it's not that that doesn't have to be as bad as they imagine it will be
1: um I think what I've found and I guess kind of what I've experienced is that They fear that they're going to be in pain forever, you know, and your life's never going to be the same because you have this debilitating pain that takes over every aspect of your life. Right. But there are so many ways that you can reduce pain, you can mitigate the disease progression and learn to really learn to live well with endo. And it's not just one thing, it's not just surgery or medication that's gonna fix you, right? It's a combination of excision surgery with a proper excision specialist and endometriosis specialist, proper nutrition, integrating movement into your daily life, addressing your gut microbiome and like microbial health, like reducing your chemical exposure, um, addressing your relationship to food and movement and the disease itself and really how you perceive your pain in general, right?
0: wow that's 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 a very hopeful thing i think like that that's that's very nice to hear in terms of it's no it's not that nothing can help there, there are things that you can do and it may it sounds like it's a little bit of an effort but i think it's worth yeah. it it's better than living in pain
1: it is and i know like it is it seems like an uphill battle and i mean it kind of is at certain times But there is hope, right? There are so many women that are living well with endometriosis and that have more good days than bad. And there's no reason that every person that has endometriosis can't get there either, you know?
0: Wow. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for your insights. And thank you so much for for talking about this and for dedicating your life to it. It's so important that we start discussing it and that we start like demystifying it and stop seeing this uh, as this huge, first of all, unknown thing, and second of all, this thing that there's nothing you can do about, because that's the image sometimes that we have, um, because of the very small amount of things that we've heard on it um, thank you so much um, to everyone who's listening um, don't forget to follow chelsea on instagram as chelsea brie with three a's and of course follow us at atletsmjoy with an m on every channel and listen to chelsea's collection on the app which includes sessions on learning to accept your endometriosis uh, what to do when sex is painful and how to communicate with your partner about endo um, see you on the next mjoy podcast and thank you so much for joining us Thank you for listening to the AmJoy Podcast, a sex, self-love, and wellness podcast presented by MJOY, the audio guide for intimate wellness with guided practices to explore your body and regain confidence in your sex life. Find the AmJoy app on the App Store or Play Store and register to get a 7-day free trial.